Now Prince Edward's nipple clamps for a fiver. <laughs> a poison nerve gas attack that was scheduled to take place this week on the London Underground is now not taking place because the Al-Qaeda terrorists involved have all gone out on strike. <laughs> they claim that with the ongoing firefighters dispute, it's far too dangerous to work down there. <laughs> they may well be suicidal, but they're not stupid. <laughs> This week on Celebrity Fit Club, Anne Widdicombe is attempting to go the distance. Well, uh, yes. Yes, I admit I have been getting a few angry calls from my constituents saying they'd prefer not to see their MP in a shallow freak show with a load of washed-up nobodies. But then I've assured them that my involvement with the Tory party doesn't interfere one bit with my important work here at Celebrity Fit Club. People misunderstand me. They think that the only thing that Russell Crowe's about is stealing other men's wives and brawling at award ceremonies, which is nonsense. Because I'm quite happy stealing other men's fiancés and brawling in the street as well. The BBC's search for a replacement for Angus Deaton on Have I Got News For You has run into trouble, as they've discovered that everyone working in television is a coke-snorting sex maniac. In fact, the last supposedly squeaky-clean favourite for the job has just been outed in the tabloids as another hellraiser. When Hadsey was high, he was even wilder in bed than Angus Deaton. He even took me into a three-in-a-bed romp with my best friend, Slapper Hamble. It seems the charitable do-gooder Pudsey thought himself untouchable, but it's now emerged that the real reason he needed that eye patch was because all the drugs he's been taking have burst his stitches. <laughs> it seems the outlook for Pudsey is bleak, with him being shunned by former colleagues, demonised in the tabloids, and most degrading of all, forced to go on tonight with Trevor MacDonald. This week, in the bunk, the secret truth about Di from even more complete nobodies with only the most tenuous links with her life, like the bloke who once sold her a newspaper. It's the story they all wanted. Our one simple sentence. I think you've given me the wrong change. Revealed to me Diana's inner turmoil. I was the only person she really trusted. And would only read it in the bum. Read what the real guy was like from the bloke who waved a flag as she sped past in a big car. The only person she really trusted. Read all about my amazing story only in the bum. And read the exclusive insights from an old woman who met her once or twice in a big house. Yes, I met her once. She was lovely. Not a jumped-up anorexic trollop at all. Read my story exclusively in the bun. Can one have one's money now? I'm warning you, push and blare. Attack the Iraqi people and we will have no choice but to strike back. You think that we don't have sophisticated weaponry capable of defeating the most powerful military superpower the world has ever known? And you are completely right. <laughs> deep in an underground storage vault, we do have something far more terrible than nuclear weapons or chemical bombs that we could unleash. My huge stockpile of unfashionable 1970s moustaches! <laughs> if you thought being turned into chip fat by a dirty bomb was scary, Try living out the rest of your life looking like a cross between me, Robert Winston, and Jeremy Bowen. <laughs> it's not pretty. My next guest is the very nice lady whom I have just stood next to at this wonderful bus stop. It's, it's, it's very good to have you. Uh, good morning. Um, I suppose I should start by asking you, really. I mean, when did you first decide to 
to stand and wait at a, at a bus stop in, in, in the store. When was the first time that that, that happened to you? Really, man? 1960s? I mean, I, I suppose you must have waited at some memorable bus stops in your time. I mean, which of those stand out as being your particular favourites? Yes, yes, we do. Yes, I know that. Very good, very good. And there's always a sense of that great bustling atmosphere at the bus stop in Oxford Circus, isn't there? Yes. There's plenty, plenty, plenty going, going on. It's, yes, uh, and, and the buses up and down. Yes, I know that. Too. Okay. The so any bus stop is fine for you? Any bus stop is fine for me. Once the bus comes and they're ready to get yes. on it, that's it. Even those bus stops with Muhammad Ali, Spike Milligan, and the great Gene Kelly. <laughs> very good, very good. I mean, I, I suppose this is um, sort of a difficult question to ask, really, but uh, would you, and have you ever considered, um, taking your clothes off if the bus stop permitted it? If, if that was... No, I would not. No, no. I'm not an exhibitionist. I would no, I, I suppose. And uh, that's another thing that I've always admired about your work is I that you... I would not. Yes. I would not script for anyone but my no. husband. I've been married to him for years. No. Sure. I would not script for anyone. No. Okay, okay. Well, it's been very nice to talk to you and uh, yes. I hope that... Uh, I mean, any new and exciting bus stops lined up for the future? The one in Barbados. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> it's been uh, wonderful to be with you and uh, just time to say that uh, my guest book uh, waiting at bus stops is available in all good bookshops now, and, uh, okay. and a very good read it is too. So, listen, thank you very much indeed, and uh, we wish you a good day. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. My guests next week includes Bernie Clifton and a herd of giraffes. Until next time, goodbye. My name is Greg Dyke, and I am Director General of the BBC. Not a lot of people know that. Buffing the mule? Yeah, I'll bring it back. But they'll have to film it underwater. Now, ITV have nicked the rights for bloody Miss Marple from my BBC. Yes, they did. So, I am going to get even. I'm going to go through every Miss Marple book and tell you who's done it. So, Murder in the Vicarage, it was that Ponzi artist bloke. The Moving Finger, the policeman done it. The 450 from Paddington, Dr Quimper. A murder is announced. It was a kangaroo what done it. I bet you didn't see that one coming, did you? Job done. President, the boys in intelligence think this would be a good idea. I learned a long time ago not to rely on intelligence. Besides, why should I be interested in another tape that Bin Laden's made? He never sings nothing about the S Club Juniors. Because, sir, it may help us to understand our enemy. Okay. Oh, sir, you've taped Sesame Street over another of Osama's terror warnings again. No, 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 no. It's just been Laden trying a new terror-tectification on us. Living in a dustbin, being grouchy when people ask him to sing stuff. His refusal to acknowledge that the letter C is a really important letter. It's shockerating. Sir, sir, you've got to stop doing this. We're giving these tapes to the CIA. I mean, already they got Big Bird, Elmo, Bert, and Ernie interred at Camp X-Ray. Thank goodness that they have. How else could we warn the Armenian people that the next attack would not come from Al-Qaeda, but will be brought to us by the Children's Television Workshop? Trust me, do the fingertips with sandpaper, then chuck him in the river. I'm speaking to you tonight on behalf of newsreaders in need. Please, 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 please stop making us dress up in leather miniskirts and mime out-of-date show tunes, under the pretext of being a bit zany for charity.
It isn't zany, it's bollocks. <laughs> Had enough Andrew Marr looking like a freak all year round, without the rest of us joining in. Please stop it. It's very hard to choose my greatest Britain. Should it be Mr. Kipling, Mr. Sheen, or even Mr. Muscle? But I think in the end it had to be a dead heat between Mr. Marks and Mr. Spencer. Well, they do make exceedingly good foundation garments. Welcome back. I'm Kirsty Wark. Soft, strong and very, very long. Following weeks of fevered speculation, a Tory leadership challenger has finally thrown his hat into the ring. Me? <laughs> I'm everything you'd expect a Conservative Party leader to be. Everybody hates me, and I'm very anti-European. I'm joined now by Ian Duncan-Smith. Mr. Duncan-Smith, are you confident of seeing off Saddam Hussein's challenge? Obviously, I have to take this challenge very seriously, because recent polls do show Saddam to be more popular than I am. It could be worse. If Genghis Khan or Hitler were still alive, I'd be really worried. It's very hard being the most unpopular man in the world. After Richie Blackwood, of course. But what do Tory MPs make of this challenge? Joining me from Fit Club is Anne Widdecan. Personally, I welcome Saddam's challenge. Admittedly, he's an evil, bloodthirsty tyrant who has murdered his own people whilst building up weapons of mass destruction. But at least he's not gay or an asylum seeker. I speak to you today to answer the criticism of one's involvement in the trial of Paul Burrell. I did not deliberately withhold my vital testimony, and I am displeased to be characterized as a closeted scatterbrain who holds the answers to the great...